Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. say before I jump into the word, thank you again for last week. If you're not here last week, Pastor Appreciation, uh, and just so thankful for the show and outpouring of love that we received. Just uh, just truly, truly thankful. Um, just love uh, this church, love what God's doing here, love pastoring and, and, and being a part of this, this place. And I'm just thankful for my wife, my family, and I get to do this with you, uh, the team of ministries. And uh, man, I'm just, again, I'm just so thankful. I'm just excited about it. I know there's there's some pastors that don't, don't love what they do. I love it. I love this place, and I love you, and I'm just so thankful. I believe this for this church. The best is yet to come. I really do. I believe the best is yet to come, and I can't wait to see what he does next. But I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to wait on what's next and miss what's right now. Amen? So let's get it. Let's see what he wants to do today. Uh, we're in the book of Hosea, and uh, Hosea is another one of the prophets that we see in Scripture. Uh, We've been looking at several of the prophets, and we've been looking at how God would speak to them and through them and use them as a a voice and as a mouthpiece to his people. And so uh, I'm just going to lay a disclaimer out today. Um, This this story has has wrecked me unlike anything I've ever studied before, I believe. I I, I truly believe that. It's just been one of those, man. And uh, I've cried a lot in preparation for this message. Uh, I thought I had gotten it out and uh, was good, and then I cried the whole 9 a.m. service. Uh, so I'm just going to say, hopefully it might be out by now. But, uh, but reg- regardless of that, I just know I'm just so thankful for what God's done in this story. I'm thankful for this story. I don't believe that there is another story in Scripture that we can really see that shows us a greater picture of God's love for us. I really don't. This thing is incredible what we see here. It's probably what I believe the most accurate picture of God's love for us. I believe also this. I believe it's the most accurate picture of us, of who we are. And we're going to see that in the store today. So I'm going to jump in. And so in the store today, we're going to share and speak from Hosea. And there are three things that I truly feel like that you like have to understand these three things. You have to get this from this story. If you don't get this from Hosea, uh, you've missed Hosea. If you don't get these three things, you've missed like the Bible. All right? And so you've got to learn this and get this today. So I'm going to give you three things today, and we're going to tell the story and unpack, and we're going to see today some, some I believe, uh, what truly represents God's love and truly what I believe represents us in this story. So the first thing this morning, if you're taking notes, uh, you can write this down. If you're uh, also a version Bible app user, you can follow along on the live stream uh, there, live event taking place, and follow along on that, all the scriptures there as well. But number one this morning is this. He takes us as we are. I love it. We see some things about God in this story that are so important. God takes us as we are. Man, it's, it's just so cool. The, the grace of God that we sing about truly is amazing. It's amazing, and, and it's an amazing thing. And we see now in this story how, how God will do this. He will just take you just as you are. I think so many times we think that we have to kind of like get cleaned up, get these things worked out in our life, and then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come to God. I'm going to do him a favor. You know, I mean, I'm going to come to God and he's going to be like so excited that I came to him all cleaned up and all. But but listen, you have to understand, you can't do that. 
We see stories in Scripture of people who think that they actually thought they could clean themselves up. They could, uh, by their own works, uh, be righteous. And uh, it's just not the case. So we have to understand this. God takes us just as we are. And so I want you to see today what we're going to find out that uh, how true this is. Hosea chapter 1, if you're there, let's read verse 2 and 3. It says that when the Lord began to speak to Hosea, speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, all right, so here again, we're getting God speaking to a prophet, speaking to him, a man of God, a prophet of God, representing God himself even. We say that the Lord said to him, go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry. For the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblium, and she conceived and bore him a son. Now, this has to be tough because Hosea is given the difficult task by God and, and, and is being spoken to here. And he tells him, this prophet, to go and marry a prostitute. Now, I don't know how he processed that. We, we see that he did it. We see that he, um, he, he actually, God spoke to him, said, go find uh, this, this prostitute, go find a harlot, marry her. And so he does that. I, I, we, we see that like from our other previous studies in the Old Testament that like Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. I don't know, man. If you know, if I'd be, I'd be like, man, this this dude probably. We, I think he probably struggled. Maybe he cried with that. But there's something bigger going on here. There's something else taking place. We see where Ezekiel got to watch and experience and see those dry bones that we were singing about earlier come together and a great army rise up and and them standing together as a force. I mean, he he got to see those things. But this prophet is told to go marry a prostitute. Go marry a, 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 a woman of harlotry, the Bible says. Some of the prophets that we've read about and we've studied, we see that they get to uh, kind of just speak the prophecy. Some of them actually experience the prophecy, and those prophecies themselves and the things that God does shows us and reveals to us an example of who he is. And in the story, I'm like, then this is what this story is doing. But just imagine for just a moment, Hosea. Now he's called now. He's, he said, you, you go marry a prostitute. You go find her. And so he does this. He goes and he finds Gomer. Now, Gomer's daddy was named Diblium. I think Diblium was frustrated. Let's be honest, that man, his parents named him Diblium. And so he took it out on, on his, his daughter and named her Gomer, man. That's a bad day. Come on. You know, and, and, and so, so, so here's Gomer now out. And so Gomer's doing this. Gomer is out as a harlot, as a prostitute, selling her body in a lifestyle of sin. And now the prophet of God, representing God, goes to Gomer and marries her takes her just as she is. Now, I don't know, man. I'd be like, okay, we need to get her through a 12-step 
program and we need to do this and we got to work some stuff out. And then maybe if she shows herself to be faithful and she shows herself to be good, then maybe, maybe I'll ask her out. But you know what he does? He marries her. Imagine for just a moment. Now, you got to use your imagination. It wasn't back then. Uh, maybe that's uh, why we saw so many incredible things in this in the Bible sometime, they did not have Facebook and some of those things. But, but just for a moment, if he had the Facebook and, and he goes on Facebook and then he makes it Facebook official that now Hosea and Gomer got married. And you see it pop up on the, on the thing. You're like, Hosea, I didn't know he was even dating anybody. So Hosea marries Gomer and then like the, the, the mama, she's like, hey, honey, come here. Hosea got married. He comes around and they look at the picture and, and, he's in the, and the guy's looking. He's like, she looks familiar. <laughs> it's tough, don't hold on, because, because then they do like you do and what I've done. They, they Facebook stalked. You know what I'm talking about. Facebook creeper, I think is what they call You Facebook creeping. And so, so they're going to do this. They're going to be like, man, let's see who Gomer is. Let's see what, I know she left Mary, but who is, who is Gomer? So Gomer is, again, this woman who's in, in this lifestyle that now is married by a prophet. And then they look at the phone and they click on her, the about section. And they look at her job description. She was a prostitute. Now, again, this is tough. But there's some things going on here that we have to see. He took her as she was. You know, God takes us as we are. Thankfully, he, 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 wants, he, he doesn't want us to stay the way we are. Oh, come on. That thankfully that he takes us as we are, but doesn't allow us to stay that way. He changes us and he does things in our life. And so, but you know how he, how, he, how you come to him just like you are. He takes you that way. He takes you just in that life. Romans 5, 8 says it like this. It says, but God did this. He demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what he did? You were a sinner. You were fallen. You were in shame. God knew it. And then he died for you while you were in that place. You're like, man, if I, if I do this, if I get it together, man, then I'm worthy of that. Listen, God takes you just as you are. Posted this the other day and I was like, man, this wrecked me. Religion says if we change, God will love us. The gospel says God's love changes us. And that's what it does. It changes who we are. And for this is, and for, for Gomer, she like comes now out of a lifestyle of, of prostitution. She comes now into now she's married. She's like arrived. She's like one of the prophets' wives. And she's like, man, this is big time. And so she stays in this. We see that now where she does that she actually bears now three children. First one we know, the Bible says, bears him a son. Some theologians will say that the next two that it calls out may not have been his because it doesn't go ahead on to add that she bore him. I don't know. But, but I know this. I know he took her just as she was. Now, this has been tough, man, because I don't know where 
in the midst and the process of her now like getting this new name, pulling away from who she was, now being accepted and brought into the family. But somewhere in the process, this is what she did. We know from Scripture we see that she began to turn and go back into that lifestyle again. I think there are probably a couple of reasons why that may happen. I think sometimes that the enemy can begin to speak into our ear and, and can begin to get into to, uh, maybe inside our head to begin to tell you, man, you know something, you had a lot of fun back when you did that or you was making a lot of money doing that or you had this type of lifestyle when you were there. But whatever it looked like, she did this. She began to go back to where she came from. Now, we, we, I don't know, sometimes it's maybe that she sat there and she laid in the same bed as a, with the prophet of God and she began to think about, you know something, I once laid in these beds of other men. I don't deserve to be in this place. I don't, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be the wife of the prophet. I don't deserve to have that new name because that's not who I, I really am. I know who I am. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this gomer. I don't know why, but I know this. I know that she leaves. She leaves Hosea. Three kids. Trying to figure out, man, what I do now. Number two this morning is important. It's crucial because the story doesn't end there. I'm so thankful that this story does not end there because the second thing that we see that Homer did and that God does for us is this. He chases us. He chases after us. I'm amazed at this because she's the one that walks away. She's the one who, who leaves him. And, and like, you know, you've got to be thinking at some point, wait a minute, the man of God takes me in, God changes my life, brings me in, and I walk away from that. I, I don't know. I, don't, I just, maybe, maybe Hosea sat back and was like, you know something, now, man, I was obedient, did what I was supposed to do. Now I can move on with my life. I did my very thing. I don't know if he changed his, his Facebook status or like, it's complicated. but it was complicated, very complicated because we find out in the story that she walks away from him and now she goes back into prostitution. She goes back to an old lover and he chases after her. This again it wrecks me to think about this story and what all takes place. But Hosea chapter three, if you'll flip there, you'll see now in verse one where this word comes back now to Hosea. I don't know if he was struggling, sitting back, man, trying to change the kids, take care of them, do all this stuff. I don't know what this is looking like, but he's probably saying, God, I need to hear from you so you can set me free to move on, man. I've done my part. And he's like in Hosea chapter three, we see it. Then the Lord said to me, He's like, man, all right, God, he's speaking to me and he's telling me now what I can do. I get to go find me somebody who was not that, who's not that, who's perfect and who's, who has it all together and who's all, all that and more and a bag of chips. That's, he's, he's about to set me free. I'm about to go find me a good one this time. Then the Lord said to me, go again. You know, Jose was like, 
No, don't, don't do it, God. Go again. Love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who looked to other gods and loved the raisin cakes of the pagans. <laughs> Did you catch this? Go, go love someone who has turned their back on you, completely walked away, rejected you, despised you, turned away from you, went and found someone else and is looking for the the affirmation, looking for the fun and looking for a lifestyle in other ways. That is who I want you to go after. You know what he's saying to her? I want you to go find her and marry her again. Now, I don't know, man. Again, to, just to think about the story and, 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 and all that has to be going through his mind because we find out God again speaks to him and then again he is obedient. And so he does this. He goes looking for her. He chases after her. He has to now do this. He has to come to those tracks in the road and he says this. Now, if I go now on the other side of the track, that's where I'll find her. That's where I found her the first time. That's where I'll find her again. And he does this. He begins to go into the darkest places in the town. He goes into an area where they're lit up by red lights. And he, he goes into an area where he knows that the, the sin is, is running rapid and darkness is around and all these things are happening. And, and he goes looking she glad, man, God chases after us. I've said it, man. I was nine years old when I found the Lord. You know, I, I, you know, that's my testimony. I'm like, I've said that. And I'm like, I wasn't nine years old when I found the Lord. You know something? I was nine years old when God found me. He came to me. He came to me as I sat on a couch in my living room in my house as just a little boy. He came to me. He chased after me. And you know what he does to you? He chases after you. He comes after you. And some of you right now, man, he's pursuing you and he's chasing after you. And he goes into this deepest, darkest area and he goes now to where he can find his gomer. He can find his love. He can, he can love her again and marry her again. He pursues her. Now, it's amazing to me that, that we'll, we, we get kind of like sometimes caught up with certain kind of issues of life. And, and it's amazing how some religious folks can get into religious things sometimes. Uh, there, there's a song that we sing, and I believe our worship team is going to sing it at altar time. It's called Reckless Love. And I've, I've been amazed at, at some of the articles that I've read. And I'm like, you know, how people can sit there and dissect that, that song and they can start saying things like, that's theologically wrong because really God doesn't do these things. And I read this story and I said, that's exactly what he does. He chases after us. He comes and and he kicks down walls and and he shines light on dark places and and he comes to us right where we're at. He does it just like that. And Hosea does this. He comes looking around. I don't know what happened, but some at some moment he finds her. Now, most theologians have, have said this, and I was reading studying some of this stuff, that he actually probably walked in on an auction that was taking place. 
Now he comes in and now he, he sees uh, his beloved, his wife. He walks into the room. And imagine for a second when he walks in and has been looking for her, has been talking to some people like, have you seen her? Imagine some of the guys who had to tell the prophet of God, man, yeah, she's, she's down there. But he goes and he finds her. When he walks in, she's probably on the auction block and up for bid, up for sale. Now, I don't know, man, maybe it's just the man in me, but I'd be like, you know, none of y'all better bid a, bid, bid a dime, bro. I will take you out. You bids, bid, bid money on my, my woman because that's my wife. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if, if Gomer maybe locked eyes with him and had to look away because she couldn't look at him. But this is what we do know. And it's the third thing that we see this morning is this, is that he paid the price for her. He paid the price for her. And it's what God does for us. He paid the ultimate price for me and you. He paid the price because we see in, in chapter 3, in very first, the very first verse, he tells him, go do this. And again, Hosea walks it out again because this is a picture of God's love for us. And he walks in there and it says in verse 2, he said this, So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. And I said to her, you shall stay with me many days and you shall not play the harlot nor shall you have a man, so too will I be towards you. He does, man. He pays the ultimate price. He comes to her and... and Again, that's if you study it out, that's great price. And, and, and we see something that Jesus does for us through this story. He pays the ultimate price for you because you may or may not know it, but listen, we have all been a slave to sin. We've all been on the auction block. There's always been, there's been a price that's been paid. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So Jesus does this. He steps up and sees us in our bondage and he says this, I will pay the the ultimate price. Amen. He says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, he says this, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You know what it is? That redeem means that you purchase back. That's what he does for us. He created you, made you, knows you. You were his to begin with, but he had to pay the price to get you back. And so he does this for us. He pays the ultimate price. He pays that for us. And I love what he does to her. He, he, he brings her back. He does it like just, I mean, like go off on her and say, I can't believe you walked away. He says this to her. You're not a harlot. That's not who you are. That's not your name. That's not who you are. I don't know. I believe you've probably figured out who these characters represent in this story by now. But who is Hosea? It's God. 
the actual name Hosea means salvation. Wow. You know what salvation does? Takes you as you are. You know what salvation does? Chases after you. And salvation does this. It pays the ultimate price for you that you could not pay and purchases you and buys you and brings you back. And why does he chase Gomer? His Gomer name means this. It means complete. You know what God knows? He knows that you'll never be complete without him. He knows that you will never be complete without him. And so he chases after you. He, he pays the price for you. And this is a picture now of the ultimate love that he has for you. And we see here that you can only find true love in the one who created it. You can't find it anywhere else. You'll never be able to have the true love that you're looking for until you encounter the one who made it and created it. And Hosea does this, and Jesus does this for us. Salvation does this for us. It pays the ultimate price. And I'm going, man... Like, th- this is huge. We need to know this story. And then I was, I was reading Matthew, and, and we've been in this big study of Matthew on Wednesdays, and, and I, I just missed this during this study. But you know what? He's, Jesus actually makes some statements in Matthew that are like, boosh, man. I'm, I'm going, wow, Jesus says this. And this is what he's saying. In Matthew 9, we see where Jesus does this. He goes to tax collectors. He goes to sinners. He goes to people who are, who are gomers and who, people who he knows cannot in any way come out of the situation they're in. And Jesus goes to them. He goes right where they're at and people's talking about him. I can't believe he goes after them. I keep believing. He goes up to Matthew and he says, Matthew, this is what I want you to do. Follow me. Matthew gets up from the table and leaves, man. It's the only proper response to when God calls you. Leave it all. And he leaves it and he follows after him. And this is what's wild. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10, we see this happen where now it says in verse 10 that it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house. That behold, many tax collectors and sinners, they came and they sat down with him and his disciples. And the Pharisees, they saw it. Those who were dissecting in reckless love. Song saw it, and they said to his disciples, "Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners?" And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, "It's in red letter in my Bible." He said, "Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick." And he does something in that moment. He quotes Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. And he says a statement that I'm going, man, unbelievable. He says in verse 13, and he says this. He says, but go and learn what this means. I want you to go learn what this means. And he quotes Hosea and he says this. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. This is what he does for us. He comes to where we're at. He loves us as we are. He chases after and pursues you in your sin, in your failures. He comes to where you're at and then he does this. He pays the ultimate price. 
Oh, man. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, this is, this is wild because if you don't understand by now who Gomer is, you've missed the whole sermon. Because Gomer is me. Gomer's you. I've seen it, man. And I think that a lot of ways the enemy tries to get all pastors to try to think this way, you know? You try to like look for those people and you try to fill a church with people who are like, they're like Hosea, man, you know? They got it all together and they're like, cool, man. That's what ultimately, a lot, I've seen this happen. A lot of pastors, that's what they pursue and that's the only thing they're after, man. And that's not who God's after. This is who he's after. He's after the gomers. And this is what we must do. Understand that that's us. That's who we are. That's what we must see. And you're like, man, I mean, I've never been a prostitute. You know, you've had other lovers other than God in your life. Some of you love fear more than you've loved God. Some of you love sickness and sin and struggles. And there's so many things. Some people love church more than they love God. They love religion more than they love God. Listen, he said this, no other lovers. And he goes after them, and I'm like, man, how and why does this just keep continually wrecking me? And verse 5 of Hosea 3 says it this way. He says, after the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God, and David their king, messianic picture of Jesus coming. He says, they shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. I want the worship team to come, and I want to ask you to stand, please. And as you stand, I want you to think for a moment. And this word fear is crucial to this story. Because a lot of times, man, I'm like, man, you know, that fear is like, you know, kind of just kind of scared or whatever. I'm like, man, you know, hey, it's a big God, man. But I'm like, he says they shall be feared the Lord and his goodness. You know. You don't do that with, 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 with goodness. You don't scare away and run away from what you understand what goodness is. And the Bible says this, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And so in this, you have to understand what fear means. And this word fear is this, it is the word awe. It is where we look at God and we see him and we see his goodness and it is portrayed to us in the story so vividly and so clear that we stand in awe of his goodness. We stand in awe of his love for us and we stand in awe of who he is. You know what his love is for you? It's reckless, it's relentless and he's coming after you. He's pursuing you. I'm going to ask you to bow your hands and if you would just close your eyes for a moment. Oh man. I remember the story and talking about it, speaking from early in my, my ministry. And I kind of asked and left it that day as we give people chances to respond. I've, that's how I've always done ministry. I always will do ministry. Is always give people a chance to respond to what the Spirit of God is doing in that room and in their heart. I remember making a story statement along the lines of, you know, man, hey, if you're a gomer, you know something, Hosea wants to save you. If you're a gomer, and I was like, I, the Lord has messed with me on this, and, and, and this, this ends different today, because we have to see something. It's not if you're a gomer, you are a gomer. 
Now, I, I do believe this. I believe we find ourselves in, in a lot of ways in different levels in that walk. And so I just wanted to speak to you right now who's hearing my voice and listening and has their heart open today to what God's drawing in you. And that's to Himself. It's to salvation. Some of you are Gomer in this room, listen, and you've never met salvation. You've never met salvation. You've never encountered that, man. And you're out there and you're thinking like, man, this is, this is all there is. Man, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something more. And Hosea has done this today. Salvation has come to you. The Spirit of God is being drawn and into drawing you right now to himself. And right now his love is being poured over you. You're saying this. You're saying, man, I just don't feel complete. This morning, if you're in this room now, again, not if you're going, you are going, but if that's, that's where you're at in life, you're saying this, and this, let's be honest in this place today. You're saying, man, I'm, I'm going, but I haven't met Salvation, but I need Jesus today. I need salvation. I need Him, His love. And this is what I want you to know: just like you are, He takes you, and He'll transform you and change your life, make you new. You can't leave here and go get it together. And then, now, listen, we may not have those opportunities, but we have it now. And God does this just like you are. He takes you. He loves you. He wants you to. He paid the ultimate price for you. If you need salvation in this room, and you know that, you need to surrender your life to Christ today. Right where you're standing, I want you to do this. How is you can get your hand up in the air? I want you to raise it up. How is you can get it up? If that's you. I need salvation. I need Jesus. I need, I need to surrender my heart to the Lord. Raise it up as high as you can get it, man. High as you can get it. Now I want to ask you this. Now, if you're Gomer, you are Gomer. And you're in that place where I've met Hosea. Maybe for a little while, I walked this thing out, but man, I got drawn back. And I know why I'm here in this room today. Is this because he's been chasing after me? Because he loves me with an unending love. And he has not left me alone. I'm so thankful today that he's pursued me. And I need to come back to him. I said, God's speaking to your heart today and he's telling you this, you're completing me. I complete you. If that's you right now, just hands about eyes are closed. Listen, I want you to do that's you, man. You're saying this. I've, I've given my life to the Lord at some point. Man, I'm not walking with him. I've walked away and I know he's loved me and chasing me and pursuing me right now. And I, I want to encounter right now true salvation, hope in him. Raise your hand up. High as you can get it. High as you can get it to the Lord. High as you can get it. Who else? Just raise it up high. God bless you. Just keep it up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You put it back down. Today, God's love's going to pour over you. He's going to speak into your life, and He's going to tell you, you're complete in me. What you've walked away from, that's not who you are. You're complete in me. Now, this is going to be a tough one. 
This is where the Lord has just been wrecking me on. Because sometimes I think I'm there and I'm like, man, then I realize just how much I've been missing it when God begins to convict and, and speak to my heart in certain areas. Again, we already know who we are, Gomer. He comes in and completes us and makes us new. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. I got a new name and I, I've left the old life and I'm completing him and this is awesome. And I forget this. I forget there are other Gomers. And there are other people who need to encounter that salvation and the change of life that I did. And may we never get to that place we forget who he made us where we came from and forget that there are others out there who need him and I want to speak to people in the room that are honest today, being real today truthful you know I haven't had the heart for the lost to share the truth and introduce them to Hosea the salvation got caught up in other places and today you know what I want to do I want to get my eyes fixed back to where they belong and I want to get a heart again for the lost I want to get a, lot, a heart again for the hurting I don't want to reach the other gomers out there I want to reach the other people who need salvation and, and, and I want them to encounter what I encountered I, I want to have that heart God if that's you raise your hand up how's you get it up how's you get it as you can get it. So that, means, that means this. If your hand's not up right now, this is what this means for you. It means that, you, that you, you, are, you already recognize it. You're walking in it. And man, you're out there pursuing and chasing and going after gomers. You're already doing it. To the level that God's called you to do it. If your hand's not up, that means that's, you're, you're there. You're You're good. Tell you this, your pastor had to raise his hand this week. I know somebody like, man, you do this for a living, do it all the time, and you now nah, listen, we get we get our eyes fixed and other things sometimes. Listen. Oh man, God speak to us. Let us go after those who are lost and hurt. How's you can get it to him? You're willing to say this. I'll do what God says to do. I'll 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 go after and I'll chase after it. Do what God's called me to do. I'll be your representative, Lord. And if you've lifted your hand for any of those three, I want you to do this this morning. I want you to do this as the worship team ministers and song. I want you to step out and come. I want you to step out and come. And we're going to open up our altars for a time where we'll just get with God and just to just encounter Him today and just encounter His glory. So today as we open up these altars, I want to invite you to just come if you raise your hand for any reason. and You want to do this, you want to come and just get with God. Hang out with Him this morning. And as they sing this song today, oh man, just think for a moment of where God has done for you and how He has pursued you and how much He loves you. And let that love today be the thing that pushes you, propels you, drives you. To do the work he's called you to do. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at infofaithrenewed.org. At